welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Week 14 conference championship week here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Oh yeah, you thought that just because the regular season was done that we were not going to be giving you locks? You were wrong. You were wrong. Wrong, like many reports about coaches that were going to be hired even if they weren't. Shout out to Jeff Brom to Tennessee. Uh, that, was a, that was a great, like what, two hours? Right, fellas? You mean he didn't take it? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, wow. I saw like four reports that said he was pretty much on the verge of signing. I know. Oh, you're you're late. You're late, Tom. You went to bed early last night, man. It's uh, we're it's, like it's three. Dave co- Doran, it's Dave Doran era right now. Yeah, we're three coaches down the line. It seems. Oh. <laughs> After Doran says no, who's next? Um, I don't know, but I liked Barton's comment last night that when this Tennessee coaching search does end, it is going to be kind of sad. You know, this has been a good mini series, like the People versus OJ Simpson. We've all had our twists and turns, and when it's over, I don't know what we're going to watch. Yeah, but at the same time, Tennessee's coaching search is kind of distracting us from crazy things going on elsewhere, too, like at Arkansas, where there appears to be two different searches going on at the same time. Mm. That's, But that's, you know, that's okay. That's all well and good. But Arkansas is basically just, like, sitting there doing nothing and scrambling internally, whereas Tennessee's out here, like, offering jobs to everybody <laughs> and just getting rejected. I mean, well, you, this is entertainment, man. It's action. You know what I think it is, honestly? I think it's because, you know, they didn't really float out the Shiano idea early, and then they saw the reaction. So now I feel like Tennessee's floating out anybody that they even think of <laughs> just to see if – just to make sure nobody picks up a torch and starts marching towards campus. Well, they, they did. Did you out. see – so uh, the West Rucker tweeted last night that – uh See, the ticket holders have been calling him and texting him saying that if it's Doran, they're all going to like march, march at the march to the ticket you know, office, camp, march to the ticket office and cancel their season tickets. Uh, it's insane, man. Uh, and it was oh, the, and then there's then there's Jimbo Fisher. See, Jimbo Fisher again seems tame because when I like look at this big picture, uh, like Tennessee was the first one open. They've had the most time to go through this. Mm. Do you it's think awesome? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, all right, we we we've given you coaching talk all week. I know you people <laughs> you people tuned in for the Stone Cold Locks uh, to review from last week. Uh, pretty good week for uh, Barton. Um, we hit on Michigan uh, plus twelve. Hit on Ole Miss plus fifteen. Hit on Stanford plus two and a half hit on the Tennessee Vandy over. And again, you know what? That's me. That's us, me, eating Crow, because when you pitched a Tennessee Vandy over, I, th- I thought you were crazy. And that one, uh, <laughs> you were cruising to a cover there pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, that was clean right there. Uh, UCF minus 10. It was a shootout. That was going to be tough to get. Uh, UCLA minus 7. So overall, a plus 2 week. Barton plus 22 on the scoreboard right now. Uh, a lot of action for Tom, but... Uh, it all came out even. Hit on yeah. Michigan, uh, Pitt plus 13.5, Auburn plus 4.5, and, and the Northern Illinois Central Michigan under. Uh, Wazoo plus 10 did not cash. The Kansas plus 40.5 did not cash. The Notre Dame <sighs> Stanford under did not cash. But the most, 
the saddest of those bad beats was the BYU Hawaii under 49, uh. where the wind, the the important thing to remember about the wonders, you know, a wind based under is that when the sun goes down, can't bet on those crosswinds anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was- That's Chip with your weather report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Chip, Chip just had an absolutely brutal week. Uh, missed on, missed so poorly on Miami plus 13 and a half. Barton, that was not the super savvy play. That was just the wrong one. <laughs> you weren't outsmarting everybody on that one? No, and I very quickly yeah. realized it. Uh, UVA plus seven, I don't hate it. I mean, it was a 10 nothing game, and Virginia just was never going to do anything, but at the same time, I didn't, my lack of faith in Virginia Tech, you know, whatever. All right, Duke plus 12. Felt like that was maybe an on-the-field play that cashed. I was also a loser on Wazoo plus 10. Uh, I was a loser on Utah State plus one and a half to a bad Air Force team thanks to a second-half comeback from the Falcons. I was a loser on Michigan State Rutgers under 40 and a loser on Iowa-Nebraska under 52. For those keeping track, uh, that is Chip going from even par to uh, five below net zero. Oh, man. That's a... Listen, but you know what? That happens sometimes when you're when you're trying to come back late in the game, and you 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 know you get away from your game plan. I threw start a pick bombing, six. I threw a pick six. Yeah, Absolutely, you, you open yourselves up to some some pick six opportunities. So, do you have sixteen locks this week, Chip, to try to catch up? No, I don't. Man, I I've got four that I feel good about, and I've got two that Barton style. I'm kind of mulling over and might pull in by the end of the show. Uh, but I, I think right now we're playing for pride, you know. You just we're, we're playing we're playing for the, the the name on the jersey at this point. Uh, so again, as we go into championship week, Barton plus twenty two, Tom plus eleven, Chip minus five. Uh, so Barton, our leader, lock me up. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five-star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All right. Uh, first lock of the week. Uh, the one I'm most excited about, the one that I'm most confident in, is the showdown, the battle the war brewing between UL Monroe and Florida State. <laughs> Going non-championship here. Uh, UL Monroe plus 27. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Give me a whole <laughs> ball of, of that and let me let me uh, dip it in something because that's, that's, that looks tasty. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like Florida State to show up and sleepwalk through this thing and get a win. <clears throat> I like... Uh, but they don't. They don't really care. They got a coach that Jimbo Fisher may not even be there by uh, by the time Sunday Saturday rolls around. Uh, he, he is hanging on. But I mean, it's clear he's going to A and M at this point from the tea leaves that I'm reading. And at this point, it seems like he's just hanging around trying to get to Saturday. And here we are on Thursday morning. Last night he got uh, there. There was you know. His his call in show was was getting um, contentious. Cont- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, yeah. So I, I just think this is going to be a team that's distracted, a team that expects to win to get to a bowl, but doesn't 
is not exactly, um, you know, t- taking this game extremely seriously. While UL Monroe is, I mean, this is their Super Bowl. This is their opportunity to to uh, to finish this season off with a on a high note, and, and they'll 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 put all their eggs in this basket. I like UL Monroe plus twenty seven. I I love it. Um, I think that uh, so the tea leaves include that Florida State hasn't been recruiting for a couple weeks. No, but they've been losing recruits at an alarming rate. Like, uh, yeah, I, and like the players' parents are starting to complain. Uh, if like if if Jimbo Fisher was trying to do the classy thing and finish the season, that plan has backfired very quickly. He, yeah, he he is that he's reached the point of no return. Um, like at this point, if he comes back, it's, there's not, I mean, you, you've, you've done a lot of damage, not only just to your relationships, but to, you know, your recruiting classes, your, you know, the, the trust that your players have, if the fan base, it's just, how can you come back from this? Uh, he's gotta be gone. So Barton Simmons is predicting uh, a career, a technical career win for interim coach Odell Haskins and uh, and and a UL Monroe plus twenty seven cover. Uh, I dig it. I'm, it's not a lot. I I don't know. It's but uh, but uh, but I love the I love the pick right there. Uh, Tom, what you got first? Well. I'm not going to, I mean, Barton pulled the Tom and started off with the Louisiana Monroe game. So (laughs) I'll go the other direction. I'll start with the Pac-12 title game where I am taking USC minus four against Stanford. Lock fight. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I will fight you in the street, sir. I had it at plus three and a half, but if we're going four, I will definitely take it at at plus four on that number. Uh, You go first. It's it's not you know anything insane for me here as much as it's just I think USC is a better team and also one of the byproducts of not having a bye week during the entire season is that USC had a bye week before the conference title game so USC had last week off to get ready for Stanford or Washington State whoever it was going to play. Meanwhile, Stanford had to deal with Notre Dame. Bryce Love is still banged up, though he did play last week, and I don't know how healthy he's going to be going into the game. And just earlier this year, USC dominated Stanford. And while I typically go when it comes to rematches, I tend to lean to the team that lost the first one. But that was so long ago that I feel like that it really that kind of effect doesn't come into play here. And I just think that USC in that game, I remember particularly its offensive line dominated Stanford's defensive line and its defensive line dominated Stanford's offensive line for the most part, except for when Bryce Love did break free for like the 70 yard run touchdown run that he's prone to get from time to time. But other than that, USC was just the much better team in that game. And I don't really expect all that much to change in this one. I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything, but I'm very comfortable giving up four points with the Trojans here. Well, that, and I think that that's where, uh, where I'm leaning to Stanford. Uh, my hooks here for the Cardinal play are number one, like you said, it's been a long time and Stanford's a very different team than they were uh, in that first USC game. I do think that their offensive line and defensive line play has definitely been improved, and I think that the Notre Dame game was a big part of that. Uh, the Pac-12 North undefeated in Pac-12 championship games, and even in the losses since that USC game, uh, not I mean, 
there are they're both field goal losses, and so I I think that with the plus four, like I, I made my expert pick Stanford on the field uh, to get the win, but I I think that this is going to be uh, a really really close and competitive game, and because of that, uh, you know what my bet is as much with Jet Toner as it is with Bryce Love. I think that Stanford's going to be able to move the ball. I think they're going to be able to get some points, hang around in this game. The thing that makes me nervous is that while uh, Sam Darnold has had his ups and downs throughout the season, it is a very – like being able to beat Notre Dame soundly had a lot to do with the fact that Notre Dame – uh, Sanford was able to play Notre Dame like the one-dimensional team it was. And between Ronald Jones and Sam Darnold, this is a much more versatile Trojans offense. But I'm I'm kind of betting on uh, my, my, my Stanford plus four is, uh, yeah, listen, Bryce Love, whatever. Like, he has had a sprained ankle for a month, and he's still running for a buck 60 and, like, multiple tutties. And so I... I think that whatever he's doing in terms of his treatment, he's he's going to be as close, he's going to be as good in this game uh, as he was against Notre Dame or against Washington. So I, I think that um, I I like the Cardinal to continue the Pac-12 North's dominance in the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I I, uh, I didn't play this one. I, I actually toyed with playing Stanford here. Um, Chip knows that I've been sort of talking about Stanford from somewhere around week five on saying this is a team that could get hot and then by the end of the year you just don't want to play them they've they've sort of teased that version of themselves as we got towards the end of the year and and I think they still got a chance to put it all together obviously Notre Dame was an impressive win beating Washington was impressive those were both home games um this one is also going to be a home game. No, neutral site. Where do they play this game? Home-ish. It's at the 49ers Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think I, I like Stanford here, but I just it's, it's, it's not enough for me to play this as a lock or pull the trigger on it. Um, it's, I'm, I'm intrigued. Who will those empty seats be rooting for? Yeah, who goes, <laughs> who's, who's going to Levi Stadium on Friday night? to go watch a game between two teams that are playing for not even a Rose Bowl bid because the Rose Bowl's in the semifinals. It's probably a Fiesta Bowl bid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Lock fight on the board. Uh, so we got Barton, ULM plus 27, Tom, USC minus four, Chip, Stanford plus four. Uh, I'm going to take us to the action principal play, and I might need some uh, – might need somebody to back me up on the number here on what we want to lock in at because the number is dropping. Noon kickoff. I am going UCF Memphis under 83. Well, it's it's at 82 right now. So do we have to... I got it at 83 and a half at the win. 83 at CG. The official consensus line 82. is 82. This thing opened to 85 and a half. So if you're listening to this and you want to get in on it, I'd, uh, I'd jump in because it's, it's dropping down. But yeah, no, nah, principal play. Uh, noon kickoff, UCF Memphis, championship game. I could see this being one where the scoring comes in spurts, but there could also be, um, there could also be some sloppiness. Just, just thinking that all the factors at play, uh, coaching the championship i'm uh 80 82 is too many dang points i'm just i'm principal play anything over 80 i'm going under 
Man, that was a ton of points. That was a, that was a lot of points. So, I, I, yeah, I, this will be a fun game. I uh, hope I can steal some time to watch it. I think they're going to both score a lot of points, but 82 is, is – that's a ton. Especially at, like, noon. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was, like, a mid-afternoon to evening game, I think it was more possible than it will be in the morning. Especially because I feel like the first quarter, like, can you take a first quarter under? Oh, they, I mean, if especially if the first quarter under is like 21 or yeah. 20 and a half, because I could definitely see this being 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I feel like it'll be a slower first quarter before things really get going after that. So, yeah, I would really suggest a first half under. And then I, I like the under overall, too, just because, like you said, that's a principle. Once it gets over 80, I don't I'm, care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't, especially at noon. Over 80 at noon? Uh-uh. Like, blind blind pick. Don't even know who's playing. But uh, especially considering the championship, the stakes. Um, I, yeah, for sure. Anyone uh, got an edge or comfortable about or a lean or even a lock on UCF Memphis against the spread? I, I would not pick against university residual income in this game right uh i but i like even last week i think i might have said it like i didn't feel I, that was a that was a principal play for me i didn't i just wanted to throw another one another log on the fire it, i didn't feel great about them covering that i feel probably a little bit better about ucf covering this one um i just i've had a hard time for some reason I've had a hard time trusting Memphis all year and, and they've done a pretty good job of covering all year. So, you know, maybe that's on me, but I, their, their defense leaves something to be desired. Um, so I could see, I, I could see UCF blowing this one out again. I mean, it is a home game. Um, you know, all the Scott Frost distractions in some ways, like, so th- there is a little bit of a distraction bowl element here because, Scott Frost, we all kind of think he's going to Nebraska, right? Um, and I think in some ways that's a benefit to UCF because it's like a culmination here of the Scott Frost era. Even if he's leaving, I think he's handled it the right way. He seems to be a pretty straightforward guy. I think I'm sure the guys will want to play for him. I think there's there's that is is cl- clean and clear cut. Whereas the Memphis deal. <clears throat> Mike Norvell is sort of hanging out here in limbo, potentially an Arkansas candidate. Maybe they're waiting on an AD hire. Maybe they're waiting on Gus Malzahn. I think there's more uncertainty if you're talking about what's going on on that staff in that locker room in terms of Norvell's future than at, than Scott Frost. So in some ways, there's an advantage there at UCF if you're trying to get into the the psychology of this. Um, so I would still lean UCF, but I, I, I'm, I'm definitely too scared to to play it. What do you think, Tom? I lean UCF just because I think they're a better team than Memphis, but I don't. I'd like it a lot more at six and a half than I do at seven. Put it that way. Barton on the expert picks, bit on the hook. What'd I pick? Memphis plus seven and a half. We had to pick it at. Um, Yeah. My, uh, I got to be honest with you. My, my, I, I direct most of my research department towards the Locks podcast. Hey, I'll, ta- hey, let- the <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm very very uh, very honored that this is this is the program that gets uh, that gets the most attention. All right, it's most of the funding. Yeah, exactly. We're we're happy with that. The lobbyists are doing their job. All right, Barton, <laughs> you're up next. 
I'm up. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Let's go to the other the, one of the biggest games of the weekend. Let's go to the Big Ten. Uh, this is sort of a game time switch for me. Oh, you're uh, going Ohio I, State. I, I came into this pod. I woke up this morning with Wisconsin written down. Wisconsin minus six and or plus six and a half. Uh, come come kickoff here. I'm switching it up. I'm going Ohio State. Wow. Minus six and a half. Ultimately, it boils down to this. Like I think, like my head tells me Wisconsin wins or keeps it close. My head tells me Wisconsin is a really sound football team, plays really good defense, is going to test Ohio State in ways that Iowa tested them defensively. Um, And just, and and the world's against them. So like all the everything when I just like break this game down like that tells me like Wisconsin should should win this. But I, as I went to bed last night having picked that like I just it just felt like that's the wrong side. And this is a it felt like this is a spot where Ohio State comes in and and just you know they've kind of got that us against the world mentality too. Like you know what no one thinks we we should be in the playoffs. Everyone's dogging us for our loss against Iowa. Um, this is our opportunity to prove it to the committee, to the, to the country that we deserve to be in. So we, we're going to go win this game and try to win it decisively. Um, so I, I've, I've switched up to Ohio state. And, and one of the things that, that really solidified it for me is it looks like 33% of the public is on Ohio state. And yet the line has moved two and a half to six and a half over the you know course of the week. Um, so all that said, I'm going with gut over, over head and I'm going Ohio state minus six and a half lock unity. Nice. Mm, that's they're going to, uh, yeah, they're going to blow the doors off of them. Aren't they? I, I don't know if they're going to blow the doors off of them, but I just look at this matchup and like Martin said like 70% of the public is on Wisconsin in this one just because they see the undefeated team you know the rank the no, the, the higher ranked team that's undefeated and they just go that way but I just think that if you look at a lot of if you look closer I mean first of all people have been doubting Wisconsin all season and now all of a sudden they believe in them which is kind of strange to me but I, I when I look at the matchup just overall I see two teams that are generally pretty similar except one is more talented. And then I also see Wisconsin's defense for as good as it is. And in its power success rate on defense against the run, which is like third and short, fourth and short, that kind of stuff. It actually ranks 64th in the country in those kind of short yardage situations, whereas Ohio State's run offense in that kind of power success rate is the first in the country. And while Wisconsin's offense is clearly a r- offense built on the run and one of the best run teams in the country with Jonathan Taylor, Ohio State's defense is the best run defense in the country using S&P+. Plus. So there's a couple of key areas right there that Ohio State has an advantage over Wisconsin in that kind of go against Wisconsin's strengths. But even if those balance out, what it comes down to me in the end is the offenses are equal, the defenses are equal. It's going to come down to one of their quarterbacks making a play. 
And who do you trust more in a conference championship game to make that big throw to win the game for his team, JT Barrett or Alex Hornibrook? Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can, can I – can Even I, uh, if it's Haskins, who would you trust? Haskins or Hornibrook? No, I, yeah, I was. Those, that was three, the point. But can I substitute a JT Barrett uh, scramble instead of a JT Barrett throw? Then I trust JT Barrett more. E- either way, but it's just—I yeah. mean, Hornibrook. Hornibrook goes into those weird moments where all of a sudden he just unleashes a brilliant throw, but he still turns the ball over too often. And I feel like you could afford to turn the ball over against Minnesota, against Maryland, against you know Illinois, Purdue, Iowa, Northwestern. I don't know if you can really afford to do it against Ohio State because I feel like this is the type of game where Wisconsin needs to play its best football game of the year if it's going to beat Ohio State. And I think that's perfectly – I think that's with well within the range of possibilities. But I just think that more often than not, Ohio State is going to win this game and they're probably going to win it by seven points or more. Yeah. Well, that uh, – think- that, that- – extra log that i was thinking about putting on the fire is now thrown back into the backyard uh and i'm probably going to change my expert pick i did not know the public on that and uh and yeah yeah i was really surprised i thought that the public would be all over ohio state i know it too and it's it's the most bet game on the board right now and 70 percent of the people are on wisconsin oh ohio state's gonna win Uh uh-huh Especially, and like, and you know, you just mentioned that us against the world mentality. It's like, oh, good, you just gave uh, Urban Meyer the chip on the shoulder angle for motivation going into this game with the second most talented roster in all of college football. Okay, good. Yeah, and and while Urban Meyer has struggled against Big Ten teams as a double digit favorite, just against ranked teams in general where he's not a double digit favorite, pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I, I do think that the. Uh, it feels like this is like a three to four point game, and then a, and then Alex Hornibrook pick six comes or something. Denzel, you know, I think yeah, Denzel Ward there's gonna be jumps some around. Turnover that pushes this one on the to the Ohio State side of the the uh, field, and uh, yeah, if that, it just it feels like the way this goes. Now, certainly, it could go the other way too, where JT Barrett has a turnover prone game. But um, it, yeah, I, I tend to I tend to lean towards this Ohio State defense. Uh, making some plays as well. How about and a, go ahead, Tom? I was going to say just a fun fact that has nothing to do with any picks. Uh, that Wisconsin is the fifth team in history over the past or over the past twenty five years to come into a conference title game undefeated and an underdog. Nineteen ninety four Alabama, two thousand eight Alabama, two thousand nine Alabama, and two thousand fifteen Iowa. I just think it's funny that Alabama is three of the previous four teams to be an undefeated underdog in a conference title game. And Iowa. Who? So 2008 and 2009 Alabama, who who were they playing? Florida. Florida Timmy and Georgia, Tebow. I believe. No, nah, both of them were Florida. Were they both Florida? Yeah. They okay, lost. So yeah, that makes sense. Lost to Urban Timmy Meyer. Tebow in yeah. 2008 and then beat Timmy Tebbs in 2009, and those are the Timmy Tebbs tears on the sideline. <laughs> who could forget that was and then of course 2015 iowa was that classic against michigan state hey you want to hear something that's really uh the but the first do you, do y'all remember dig oh the, like the, the, the Reddit website? dig oh yeah. yeah yeah so the first thing i ever had hit the front page of dig and experienced that traffic hose 
was just a video of Timmy Tebow crying on the sidelines. This is that's that's class journalism right there. That's how Chip got his start becoming a big capital J journalist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I always go back to that moment. I'm like, you are never, you are never above anything. Uh, <laughs> Look uh, at this nerd cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so. We've got Barton, ULM plus 27, Ohio State minus six and a half, Tom, USC minus four, Ohio State minus six and a half, Chip, Stanford plus four, UCF Memphis under 82, Um, and we'll be getting, I've got a a side here for the ACC championship, Um, and I'm sitting here, I'm going to be there, uh, I'll be in the press box, but uh, some of my friends who are in Charlotte are trying to get tickets, and so of course, I am directing them right to SeatGeek, because here's the deal, it's a sold out game, but if you want to be able to get them on the secondary market, then that is going to be the best way to do it, because SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites, and it saves you time and money by doing so, so that you can get the amazing deals, and to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket, look for those 91s, 92s, like an 89 could be okay, especially if it fits within your budget, look at those SeatGeek grades, Uh, they help you identify the best seats to fit that budget. Plus, every purchase is guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And again, I'm I'm pointing my friends here so that they can try and get them because if you use that SeatGeek app, which is awesome and really easy to use, you can enter promo code 24-7 and get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. I've already cashed in on this, but now you can. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code 24-7 today. That's promo code 24-7 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And this isn't just sporting events. I mean, this will be for concerts, theater, any kind of live event. That's promo code 24-7 for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, I teased it, so I got to deliver it. Clemson, Miami. No, I'm on Richards. Give me that under 46 and a half. Yes. Lock it up. I'm, I want to have Unity. the sweats. <laughs> yes. I mean, is there any, there's no side to, to feel comfortable in in the ACC championship game besides under 46 and a half, right? No. I mean, I, that's the thing. I feel like there's a part of me that wants to see where this line gets before Saturday because I feel like with the Amon Richards injury, it's bound to inflate the line even further so where maybe it gets to like 10, 10 and a half, 11. And if it gets to that point, maybe I would consider leaning towards Miami just because I think that would be somewhat of an overreaction. But just as far as everything sits right now, I feel like the under, just the fact that Miami unders are one of our core core principles. They are. That's right. I I just think that right now that's the smarter play because I don't think Clemson's going to be – I think Clemson's not going to be looking to run up the score in this one as much as it's just going to be like, listen, we're the better team. We could beat them. We want to keep them off the field because while Miami's not a great offense, it do, it is explosive and can strike quickly. So I feel like Clemson, at most for the most part, is just going to want to control the game. <sighs> oh, are you okay, Barton? I, well, I'm 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 good with the unders that you guys have. I this is my so my first two picks today. I feel pretty good about you know UL Monroe is my is my is my jam Monroe Ohio State. I've I've warmed up to my third pick is is on this game and it's it's the Clemson side 
Um, Punching in at nine and a half. It it feels, yeah, minus nine and a half. This feels like a very Joe play. Um, But, and, and there's a, there's a big time element of like doubting Miami here. And, and, you know, I doubted them against Virginia tech and they covered, I doubted them against Notre Dame and they covered, I doubted them against Virginia and they, didn't cover doubted them against Pitt, and they didn't cover. Uh, so, what Miami team shows up here, and 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 are they going to rally the troops again after being doubted by everybody yet again? Because you know, no one's really giving them a chance in this game once again. So, all that said, I'm I'm hesitant on this one, and I'm a little bit fearful. But Clemson's just a better team. They they get in these, you know, they're in their late season role right now. They. They blew out Florida State. They they handle South Carolina easily. This is their this is their moment to sort of put it all together. So I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with the better team. Just not overthink it and just say Clemson. And I do I am I am influenced by Amon Richards being out and Herndon being out and um, Malik Rozier getting pulled against Pitts. I mean I think all those things factor in when you're playing maybe the best defensive line in the country. Uh, so I'm, I think that it's going to be a really close game, at least for a half because that Miami defense is going to be up to the challenge, but I just wonder if they're going to get worn down by that second half. Um, and, and, and it starts piling up on them. So I, I'm cool with y'all's underplay. I'm going to, I'm going to throw my log on the, uh, the Clemson fire. Prayers for you when it's 24, 14 in the fourth quarter and Miami is driving. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was trying to figure out what it was going to be. Like a Mar- Mark Richt decides to kick a sad field goal to lose by eight instead of losing by eleven or something. Like he'll take twenty four sixteen over twenty four thirteen. Um, In a typical week, I would stay away from this game. Yeah, but given the limited options and um, just that there's you know not not a whole lot that I'm feeling great about. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll play it. The dominance that Clemson played with against South Carolina leaves me in a spot where I'm going to be disappointed if they don't win soundly here. Like they, that was the game for me where I was like, all right, that's exactly what you were supposed to do. If you're going to be a championship contender, like we've gone through the whole gambit with uh, Clemson from like, Oh, it's Alabama Clemson and then the rest of college football to like, oh man, can you even trust Clemson? Like we've we've sort of picked apart every single angle of this team and I just think we've come out at the end of the season. I mean, I obviously the college football playoff selection committee made them the new number 1 team, but you know, like aside from their rankings, like the product on the field, the way this team is playing, they they look like they are ready to just I don't know if they'll win the championship. You know, we'll see based on the semifinal matchups, but like they, they are looking like they are peaking at the right time. They are on schedule to go and make another run at this thing. Yeah, and, and I I mean so many of Miami's wins have been dependent on the turnovers and they've forced them, so credit to them. But I, I see Clemson having a game plan that protects them a little bit from that turnover chain. And I think that if they can protect the football, then that's just that's enough for them to again just sort of pick up steam and and, and just just roll through it for sure. Um, all right, so let's throw to you, Tom. What you got uh, for my next pick? 
We're going to the Mountain West. Fresno where, State, Boise State? Yeah. And it's in that game in which I feel so super-duper incredibly comfortable with Boise minus eight and a half. Wow. Anti-Jeff Tedford play. Yeah, and I obviously, you know, obviously Fres- they played last week. Fresno won 28 to 17. And as I mentioned earlier, I love in rematch games going against the previous result. And that's definitely one of the factors here, but it's not the only factor. It's the fact that I feel like, I mean, this game's at Boise State. Last week was at Fresno State. So it's like a two-week home-and-home series. But it's just overall this year, let's, let's go over Fresno State on the road this season. Now, the first two games, you know, probably shouldn't count too much, but they lost by 31 at Alabama. They lost by 32 at Washington. They beat a really bad San Jose State team 27 to 10, but honestly should have won that game by a lot more because San Jose State, very bad. They crushed San Diego State 27 to 3. That's the most impressive road win they have. But the last couple of weeks, they've been on the road twice. They only won by 10 at Hawaii, and a couple weeks ago, they only won by 6 at Wyoming. This is just a Fresno State team that hasn't been nearly as good on the road as it is at home, which is the case with a lot of teams. And Boise State, very good team at home, always has been on the blue turf. And I feel like when you look at it right now, there's so much public action on Fresno State, yet even though the line opened at 9, it's gone down to 8.5 in most places. And what does that tell us? Mm. So. Yeah, there's there's some sharp action on Boise State right now, and I'm I'm right behind it because I just look at this team as a it's a home game for Boise. A week after Boise kind of just had a very basic vanilla game plan against Fresno because there was no point to winning last week for Boise. It's not like had they won last week, they would be in a position for the New Year's six spot this week with another win. That was not the case. So Boise had no incentive to do anything last week because they knew the real game was this week, the conference championship game. And Boise, I feel like, you know, held kept a lot of cards in the deck, but that didn't bring them out. And I think that they're going to bring them out in this one at home in the conference title game. I'm taking Boise minus eight and a half. I like it. I like it. I like a lot. Uh, Barton, what you got? Uh, that's all I got right now. Um, okay, well, we got to talk about the SEC championship, and I do have a play for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll decide as we talk about this whether I want to dive in on this. But for now, I'm, I'm clean. I am going against almost all of my principles. But Auburn, Georgia, over 48. And the key phrase is key numbers. Because it opened at 49, and it dropped to 48, and I could see 28-21. And so I could also see Auburn blowing the doors off this. Uh, I could also see this game going to overtime. And I don't know. I just – I think we're, we're – uh, I, th- I think that I went back to look at all the SEC championship games, and while there certainly have been your fair share of like 24-14 results – a lot, a lot of these get a little bit silly. Uh, a lot of times we've got some, you know, a special teams touchdown, a pick six, something that uh, will often, you know, lead to uh, impacting the total lines. You know, if you've got the under, the things that you normally sweat. And so, you know, given the special teams play, Miko Hardman maybe as a, a key player who might be able to push this thing over. Um, yeah, as soon as it dropped below 49, I decided that my angle for the locks cast, Auburn, Georgia, over 48, Let's buckle up and let's uh, let's let's hope for some fireworks. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in here, and I'm gonna go I'm gonna go against that play. Under, because because I, I think I think yeah, this is this is the one where where Tom sabotaged my Auburn play last time and talked me into the under, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. And the under was like that. Made, it was a sensible play in in the last game, and I think it's still a sensible play. If you look at the history between these two teams, you look at how good Georgia's defense has been all year. They've now gotten a look at Auburn's offense. I think they'll come ready to play. I get what you're saying, Chip, and I get that it's a little worrisome that it's dropped below that 49 number. But I I, I have a hard time seeing two consecutive games between these two teams be shootouts. And so for that reason, I'm just going to go with with just the trends here and I I'm, I'm going to say this game is that these are two these defenses are too good. Georgia's defense is too good to have a nut, lay another egg. I think it's a low scoring game. Um you know 23-20 type of type of showdown tom what's your uh you've got no locks any leans oh no i've got a lock oh okay what you got i'm on georgia and the points which Mm. is at two and a half right now ballsy do you think they win yeah wow it's uh i mean if you're taking two and a half you better think they're gonna win (laughs) yeah i guess so i mean it's for me it's again it's another one of those rematch things but it's also i feel like this line is somewhat of an overreaction to what happened last time they met, which, you know, Auburn did crush Georgia, but there are a couple things to remember about that game that I think we had need to remember when picking this week's game. First of all, that game was at Auburn. This game is at the quote unquote neutral site of Atlanta. Now, granted Auburn's not far away, but Atlanta is a Georgia town mostly before it's an Auburn town or it's ever going to be. So it's, it's not, it's a much friendlier environment for the Bulldogs than Jordan Hare was. And also, if we remember what happened in that Auburn game, you know, Georgia kind of fell behind and panicked. It started thinking it was a passing team, and it was trying to throw the ball against one of the best pass defenses in the country, a team that you don't want to try throwing against when it's not what Georgia does, and it's what they do really well. I don't think that happens this week. I think Georgia remembers who it is, and it sticks to its run game. And, yeah, it's going to have to throw a little bit, but I think that they're going to stick to the run. And like you said, it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I don't think it's going to get away from them. So they'll be able to stick from the run. And this is still one of the best red zone offenses in the country going against a red zone defense, which hasn't been fantastic this season. So I, I look at the matchups, and there's still the question of on Johnson, whether he's going to play or not. We don't know. I don't know. But whether, even if he does, I still feel real confident in Georgia. And then just another factor of fading the public, as you'd expect, most of the money right now is on Auburn based on what happened a few weeks ago. But let's not forget that a few weeks ago when they were coming up with this, the potential matchups and the spreads, Georgia was the two-and-a-half-point favorite, and now they're the two-and-a-half-point underdog. And has it really been a five-point swing between these two teams? I'm not buying that, so I'm taking Georgia in the points. I'm on, uh, as my lean and my expert pick, I'm also picking Georgia to win. And uh, and I just, uh, Auburn's got to do it outside of Jordan-Hare. Yeah. I mean, we've been, both you guys have been talking about home-away splits all season. And yeah. so, uh 
I'll be I'll be interested to see if Auburn does it, man. They're like if Auburn does it against Georgia, they might go win the national championship. I have oh yeah, I have less confidence in Georgia winning this game and then winning the national championship. If Auburn wins this game, they can they absolutely can go beat anybody in the in the college football playoff. But it'll be everybody's pick. Yeah. If and go ahead. And you just have to think that like you know with what Auburn's done, it's beaten Georgia. You know it's beaten two of its its biggest rivals in the last three weeks, both of them while they were ranked number one, there has to be some kind of letdown. There just has to be, you know, you, you've seen it too many times in history with college football teams, but we've never really seen a team beat its rival. Number one at home, two weeks later, beat its bigger rival. Number one at home. So it's such a straight, it's, I feel like if Auburn had a bye week, I would be a lot, if there had been a, a week off between the last week and this team for both games, I would feel much more confident in Auburn, but I just feel like coming off of those emotional highs, there has to be a letdown. There just has to be. And plus with the Gus Malzahn, Arkansas rumors, Kevin Steele's been rumored for, you know, the Tennessee job at times. He's, his name's been coming up. There's a lot of distractions right now. There's a lot of hype about Auburn. And I just feel like, you know, when all that kind of stuff happens, fade it. Uh, anybody got any picks left? I do. What do you have? Uh, the the game that everybody wants to know, obviously, the MAC title game. Okay, what's your pick? Akron and Toledo. I'm going over 57 and a half. Just because I expect there to be points scored. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if Toledo gets 49 on its own. Um, shout out to Terry getting it done with the zips. You know, I told, I told uh, my NC State friends, uh, last time they had a coaching search, they hired uh, the MAC champion. Like the, I, I forgot who Northern Illinois played that year, but it was another coach that like everybody was talking about. They uh, it was like, oh, whoever wins this game, that's who uh, NC State's going to hire. Wasn't it, it Clawson? Was that it? Was it? Did they both get hired the same year? Sounds yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Akron Toledo. You know, if if Akron if if Akron wins, you just hire Terry Bowden, and then all of a sudden you've got Chuck Amato back. There you go. <laughs> Life comes full circle. Uh, Barton, do you have any picks left? I'm done. I don't. We should probably say real quick. Oklahoma, Oklahoma TCU. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, you know, I. I don't I like lean, anything. I think I lean TCU if I had to make a play. I don't want to make a play on this one, but you know, TCU is too well coached for to get, um, you know, two a, a two score loss twice in a month against this team. Even even as good as Oklahoma is, so um, I would lean TCU, but but certainly not good enough to play it. We yeah, got. I, I lean TCU at seven. If it got to seven and a half, I'd feel a lot more comfortable with it. We got to pick it at seven and a half for uh, the expert picks. And that's a situation where if you're a listener out there with the opportunity and you really want to have action. I mean, we just laid out like, I don't know, 12 to 15 plays that we feel more confident in than this game. But if you absolutely have to have action uh, in this Big 12 championship game, then, uh, yeah, try and get that extra half a point because I definitely see this being close. And the over-under even seemed perfect. The over-under in this game is 63-and-a-half. Yeah. It's, it's, they've got this game pegged pretty mm. much is, is all it is. Vegas has this one down. Yeah. Stay I've away. I've got one more lock, by the way. Oh, nice. 
I've got to catch up. I'm, I'm 11 picks behind, for the love of God. Uh, this is an extreme fade the public play in the Conference USA Championship. North Texas plus 11 at FAU. Good luck. As of right now, there's a lot. There's This game's actually receiving quite a bit of action. Outside the Power 5 games and the AAC game, it's receiving more action than any other game. And 95% of the money's on FAU. I faded Lane to my detriment in the Shula Bowl. Good luck. North Texas is a good team. This isn't FAU playing another, you know, regular Conference USA team. North Texas is a good team. Shout out Seth Latrell. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Lane's Lane's Lane is a Lane's a scary one to bet against right now. Lane's too busy trolling well, Tennessee fans. How on. in the hell is Lane have time to watch film for as much as he's on Twitter? That's what I want to know. You know, you know what it is? Lane is tweeting while watching film. He seriously, <laughs> I think that is what happened. Like his assistants are yeah. his assistants are breaking down tape and he's got uh his phone open just tweeting the uh the North Korea Tennessee memes. Yeah. I'm tell that's exactly what's happening. And it's, you know, it's cuz he knows what he's going to do already. <laughs> he's like, yeah, whatever. I know what I'm going to run. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. All right. To review, Barton, he's got ULM plus 27, Ohio State minus 6.5, Clemson minus 9.5, Auburn, Georgia under 48. Tom's got USC minus 4, Ohio State minus 6.5, Clemson, Miami under 46.5, Boise minus 8.5, Georgia plus 2.5, Akron Toledo over 57 and a half North Texas fade lane plus 11 chip Scott Stanford plus four UCF Memphis under 82 Auburn Georgia over 48 Clemson Miami under 46 and a half gentlemen best of luck I appreciate it thank you sir Later.